0: The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation.
1: Hour one was brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical here on a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning. Lost your
2: mind? It is beautiful, man. No, it's not. It's crappy. This weather absolutely sucks. It's going to be crappy weather all week. It won't stop raining. It's supposed to snow Saturday morning. I mean, we live in East Tennessee. Forty-seven, and it's raining. Listen, when you live in East Tennessee, that's not beautiful. If it beautiful. Snows,
1: that means the view of the mountains will be beautiful.
2: It'll be low as sixteen on Saturday, and low of fourteen on Sunday.
1: Every day. Um. Good. Every day is a beautiful day on Rocky Top.
2: Nico committed yet. May.
1: Not yet. Not yet. A six five two hundred fifty five O three. Let's get to the Iris Networks hotline. Let's bring in Justin.
3: Justin, good morning. Sucks.
2: L O L. Oh, see,
3: I'm gonna remember that one.
2: It's just that it's just that you're a Red Sox fan. I'm sorry, I can't help myself.
3: And and Patriots fan. And Patriots
2: fan. Don't and Patriots fan. I, but see, I don't I don't mind the Patriots thing as much anymore since Tom Brady's not there anymore.
3: You probably get well, Sean Watson. You know, right?
2: That's a fake account.
3: See, when you're you know when you're a fan of a of a city, see, I don't I'm not like you, and I have to you know go around and hand pick, you know my teams. I gotta be a fan of New York, fan of Pittsburgh, you know, fan of Memphis. I mean, I. Yeah. I'm gonna cut how, you some how, slack because I how, know you How dare uh, I pick the
2: the the smallest market in the NBA to root for? Also, how conveniently that that you forget to mention that I am a Tennessee fan. Do I need to remind well, you the last 12 to 15 was, years?
3: No, you actually cut me off. I was gonna say I I was gonna cut you some slack because you did you know settle in Knoxville and you're a fan of Tennessee, so that's good. Plus, you know, how did you pick the Red brat, Sox and Patriots? I grew up there, man. Okay, I was just making I, sure. I was just making sure. I'm a math hole at heart. Trust me. <laughs> and see, look,
2: I I would not have been mad at you even if you had not grew up there. I, I just was curious because yeah, I don't I mean, want you to call me on New York or Pittsburgh when I, I never lived in Pennsylvania. I did live in New York for four years. At least I can say that. Um, yep, but you can't I, get on I to me if you hadn't lived in Massachusetts.
3: So I just had to hey, check. Hey, I even got to play on Fenway <sighs> in, in high school. I'm bro. jealous. Yeah, that was a very, very cool experience. What'd but, you do? You strike out? Nope. You hit nope, a, actually, a Homer over the monster? No, actually it was terrible. It was a, slap butt. It was an outside no, it an outside pitch and drove a double uh to right center. So There you go. Take that be. Yeah. I you was said he slap buttons.
1: Trust me. It was a slap bump for a yeah.
2: single. Will you please explain no. to Swain that you can't slap bunt in baseball? You can. They just choose not to. Yeah, you can. you can. He's right. Yeah. They just choose not to. You you cannot slap bunt like softball players do.
3: Yeah, man. You can run triple option in football. People just choose not to. So so wait a minute, Ben, when you're in high school, you never squared early, got the defense to shift, pull back and and slap bunt? Are you well, kidding? Well,
2: I call it, well, I refer to that as slashing.
3: Well, that's another term for it, but that's that's absolutely what you can do.
2: Well, isn't on, slap man. isn't slap bunting softball the one where they take off running and then slap the ball as they're running? That's what I think of when I think of slap bunting.
3: Yeah, yeah. The, the, the
2: closest person to ever slap bunt in baseball is Ichiro, was, and, and yeah, even was that say, was it
3: was Ichiro, and yeah. that wasn't
2: slap bunting.
3: No, he was halfway out of the box when he he made contact. That guy was amazing.
2: Baseball has a sacrifice bunt and drag bunting. That's it.
3: Yeah, I don't know.
2: You're right. Anyway,
3: the reason no, the reason I called in, I actually wanted to put Swain on the spot this morning. Oh, oh, Let's do it. Okay, what you got? All right. So the Kelsey Pope hire. You know, I am all for giving guys a shot, and I think time's going to tell on this hire. But what I don't understand is the contract. Cause what the contract tells me is we are really, really unsure about this move. You get him on a three year deal, but the buyout, if you fire him is the remaining amount of the contract times 25%. So basically a quarter of the contract remaining. So if he gets through year one, you decide to make a move down. The road after year one, you'd be looking at about 500 thou or so, and 25% of that, you could essentially have a buyout on him of what 120, 130. Explain to me why, in the position we're in, we kind of go that route, take a gamble like that when there were obviously other coaches. And and I know the players were happy about it and were thrilled. Recruits are happy. But it's not like Kelsey Pope would have been going anywhere. So he still would have been in the building, still would have been helping develop wide receivers, still would have been helping recruit. I don't get the move, like, on face value. And I would love to hear – your thoughts and maybe some explanation on this because if they had gone in and said, hey, three-year deal, here's 300000 and, you know, the buyout, just the remaining part of the contract, I would have said, okay, you know, they really thought he was the guy. But this contract seems like they're dipping their toe in the water. I will hang up and listen to your thoughts. You guys take care.
1: I think the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, when you can, we can pay somebody the minimum, then you're going to do it. And that's what Tennessee doing. I'm not going to pretend to be doing backflips about, about this hire at all. I'm not a good liar. I'm not going to lie. Um, this is not a big boy SEC move. You run an offense that's going to be dependent on good wide receivers and you better make sure that you have someone that you believe that can they can go recruit big time receivers and develop guys. Turn them into pros because that's what's going to attract high school wide receivers. The contract screams Central Florida. It does. It screams Central Florida. Now it's up to Kelsey Pope to make everybody wrong. Because Georgia's not making this type of hire. Alabama's not making this type of hire. Florida's not making this type of hire. LSU's not making this type of hire. Auburn's not making this type of hire. And these are all the teams that have had more success than us in the last 10 years. These are all teams who have won a championship in the last 20 years. And that's what we're trying to do. And... I honestly don't care about a statement from a two current or a current player and a former player, and and I don't, I don't care about any statements. I don't care about um, any promotion. The fact of the matter is, the the move doesn't look great. Everyone knows that. There's no reason to hide behind it, but it it all won't matter. If there's results, if there's production, everyone has to start somewhere. But when you are approaching year two in a tenure where offense is put at a premium and receiver play is put at a premium, it's hard to wrap your head around giving the keys to someone that's never driven a, a Porsche before. I mean, we can we can try to trick ourselves and lie to ourselves and, you know, mind hump ourselves to make it seem like it's a home run of a hire, but there's no way that we can look at it and feel that way. Now, it's it can be a home run, Howard. Higher, if Kelsey Pope is better than Cody Burns at development, recruiting wide receivers, big time wide receivers. But today, it's not a big boy hire. It's not at all. And if I was in Kelsey Pope's position, personally, like if I if I was a quality control coach. And I had the same credentials as Kelsey Pope. And then I went on after one e- year to be the wide receiver coach. Like, I would want y'all to say the same thing about me. Like, I would want y'all to be like, yo, man, okay, he played receiver. Okay, he even played Tennessee. That's okay. But, man, he ain't done it. He ain't done it before. Why should I think that this is a hire that's going to compete with the Georgias and the Floridas and the Alabamas and the LSUs and the Auburns? Like, why should I feel that way?
2: It's not even –
1: that's what you want, Justin? Because that's, I mean, that's not, I mean, and I'm okay with just being honest because, like, because we look around the league and we see the the money that's going around to assistant coaches in this league. And it's
2: pretty wild. Like who, who, who's getting paid
3: $250,000?
2: People who are getting their first shot at being a full time position coach. And to me, it's not even about Kelsey Pope himself. It seems like Kelsey Pope has the tools to be successful in this profession. It it really does, at least from a a recruiting standpoint. I I guess I can't really speak to developing receivers just yet. I'm not well-versed in in that department or or know enough information when it comes to that in regards to Kelsey Pope. But everything I hear, as we have discussed the last couple of days, it it seems like he has the tools to be a, a really successful recruiter. Just because he's so personable, I have not heard a bad word about Kelsey Pope. Me either. So, like, it, it seems like he has a lot of potential. So it's not necessarily about Kelsey Pope for me as as to why there, there's maybe a little bit of um, frustration with the hire. It just seems like Tennessee settled, and Kelsey Pope may go on to to be great, and I hope I hope that he is great for sure. But that that's where the the frustration. And the concern and the doubt, I guess, stems from is just because, like, at Tennessee, you shouldn't have to settle for giving somebody their first opportunity at at this level. Because, like Swain just said, these other teams in the SEC are not doing so. And you had the money to go out and drop a bag off for somebody, regardless of when the cycle of where on the calendar we are. I mean, in a way, I respect Josh Heupel going with what he knows and and what he's comfortable with doing. But on the other hand, I, I just I, I said this a week or two ago. Like at a place like Tennessee, you, you shouldn't be hiring guys and giving them their first opportunities. Like th- this isn't a place where you learn on the job. This is a place where proven commodities get hired. So I think that's where a lot of the frustration or I don't even want to call it frustration, doubt. just doubt and concern uh, of this working long-term pays off because there are going to be lumps and growing pains and, and whatnot. There just are. Every SEC coach, position coach, head coach, every coach in all sports at every level goes through growing pains in order to become a good coach if they do become a good coach. it just It's part of life. In in anything that you do, any profession, any job that you have, you go through growing pains. So that's where the concern and the doubt stems from, in in my opinion. Not necessarily anything to do with Kelsey Pope himself, just more so of this is the University of Tennessee, one of the biggest brands in college football, one of the biggest brands in in the SEC. Do the Vols really have to settle for paying somebody $250,000? The answer is probably not.
1: VFL, VFL 99 says I think he's more than shown. He's at least earned the opportunity. Not crazy about it being here, but I think this was our best move on the table. Um, we don't know that. We don't know what our best move on the table was. Tennessee had an opportunity to hire a proven, proven receiver
2: coach. They chose not to. They chose not to.
1: They chose not to.
2: Maybe they they will prove to be right in making that decision. Only time will tell. But they had the option to to go do so. And yeah. I I do think VFL ninety nine is correct in saying that Kelsey Pope has earned the opportunity to be a wide receiver coach. Just not crazy about it being here. That, that's kind of my thought process. Kelsey Pope has earned an opportunity to be a wide receivers coach, but I'm I'm just not thrilled about his first time doing so being here. That's that's how I feel about the situation. It is like I remember when David
1: Johnson was hired from Memphis, and David Johnson had those Memphis receivers getting busy. Mm-hmm. Like, Memphis receivers were better than Tennessee's receivers. And David Johnson had molded Anthony Miller, who was a walk-on, and turned him into a second-round pick. And I still was like, yo, I I mean, can he recruit? I don't, I don't know. And David Johnson came from that Curtis Johnson tree, one of the best receiver coaches in NFL history. And I still was like, I don't, I don't know. And David Johnson came here and proved to be good in recruiting and did a good job of, of, of developing developing uh, receivers, and Kelsey Pope has not even half of the credentials of David Johnson coming in. So it's totally fair and understandable to question the move and question what Kelsey Pope can do, but I'm, I'm with you on this VFL 99 that unproven doesn't mean incapable. It's not great from an optics standpoint, but optics doesn't matter as long as he's get the job done. No one will bat an eye. I've heard he can develop, and he has good personality. Sounds like potential. Need him to live up to it. I agree. I agree with that. And I do have one question. the Pope was on the staff last year, and there was no development with the young wide receivers. because the young wide receivers who played early did not play at all for the rest of the season. I'm sorry, folks, that does not say development at all. So has to be better than what we did last year. And I don't care about two receivers catching 70 balls. I don't care about that because Valus Jones was a senior. Cedric Tillman, those dudes don't grow on trees, folks. Cedric Tillman is one of the best stories in college football. Cedric Tillman did not have an offer. And look what he was able to do in the SEC. If you think you're going to recruit a Cedric Tillman every year, you crazy. Cedric Tillman is special. Development means you see improvement from early in the season to the end of the season. You want to see an example of development? Look at Tennessee basketball. Look at Jonas Adu. Look at Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Look at Kenny Chandler, Zakai Ziegler. That's development. When you see improvement from your young players in a two, three, four-month span. So my question is about the development of some of our young players. And Kelsey Pope was on the staff last year. doesn't mean that he can't do it. It means that I'm not a thousand percent sure he can, because I didn't see that development from, from the receivers, the young receivers. Now, is that because he had to take a back seat to, to Cody Burns and really didn't have a chance to, to, to have a say that's possible. It's possible. Totally possible. Cody Barnes running the show and listen, he was playing his part and he was being a good, good soldier. And he was sitting there and saying back in my back of his head, like, yo, this is my group. We would do things differently and it would be better. Like that's possible. That's totally possible. And only time will tell. We will see. But I know what it's like to be a high school receiver and pick a school as a top recruit. Guys, Receivers want to go somewhere where they're going to be developed to go to the next level. Period, point blank. Period, point blank. That's why those receivers was going to Clemson. That's why those receivers were going to Alabama, these top receivers. A couple years ago, I was at a Fulton Catholic game. And Jeff Scott, who is now the head coach at South Florida, was there. He was, at the time, the receiver coach at Clemson. And him and I started talking. And I was like, hey, man, I don't like that whole wide receiver you stuff y'all doing over at Clemson. I don't think it's cute. I don't like it. And he laughed. He was like, hey, man, you know know it's for recruiting. (laughs) It's for recruiting. And I was over there serious. I was ready to put my hands on him. Just, Should have. Just kidding. I was. I was. I wasn't serious, but I was. I was. I was kind of joking around with him, and uh, I was like, "I don't. I don't like that wide receiver U stuff because they was putting out a lot of graphics. Remember? Mm-hmm. And then Tennessee came back with the original wide receiver U promo video, Um but I. But I. But I said that to him. And hey, man, it's all recruiting. And then we got to talking about how they recruited Josh Malone. And Josh Malone didn't have his best freshman season. Remember, it took it took a little bit. That 2016 season is when he kind of when he broke out, had the big run against against Florida, the catch run uh, great play call by Mike DeBart, great play design. But you put an athlete in space, and, and Josh Malone was great. But like Jeff Scott kind of walked me through the, the recruiting plan for Josh Malone versus Tennessee. He was like, Man, all we did was we lined up our the receivers that we coached, their stats, and what they're doing now in the league and where they got drafted. He's like, we we went down and pointed out Sammy Watkins. We pointed out Mike Williams, and we you know we compared their stats in college to what they're doing in NFL. And I'm sorry, like you can't beat that because Tennessee did the same thing with me when I was a recruit. Yo, look, look at what Dante did. Look at what Kelly did. This is what he did. This is what this is what this is who Pat Washington coached. And at the end of the day, like this stuff is undeniable. It's why Brett Smith said, "Yes." That's why Robert Meacham said, "Yes." And these two dudes came from places where they just don't let dudes out of their state. And I came from a place where they just don't let guys out of their state. Because we saw the opportunity to play at the next level and play for a coach that developed multiple guys to the NFL. And that's what Kelsey Pope is going to have to do at some point. That's what Josh Heupel is going to have to, 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 to do at some point. Everyone's getting caught up in the stats. That's great. That's awesome. But if it was all just about stats, wouldn't more receivers go to Mississippi state? Yep. would more receivers go to Texas tech when Mike Leach was there. Yep. It's not just about stats folks. It's not. Players want to play at the next level and they want to be developed to do that. These running backs don't mind sitting two, three years at Alabama. Like they sit forever. Dick Henry is no, no exception. He had to sit. Mark Ingram was no exception. Trent Richardson is no exception. These dudes were Heisman Trophy winners and first round picks. Like you have to sit. And they okay with that because they know like the prize is at the end of the tunnel, the goals at the end of the rainbow. That's all these, he saw these kids care about. Can you help me get to the league?
2: Can You help me get to the league and
1: can I make some money while I'm here?
2: And that's, that's what, all they care about. Yeah,
1: and that's what Kelsey Pope is going to have to sell. He's going to have to do that. I'm not saying he's not going to do it. I'm not saying he can't do it. All I'm saying is he hasn't done it. And I don't know if he can do it. I have zero clue. I hope he does. But when, man, when, when 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 Tennessee was able to have a little bit of success with receivers going to the next level, man, it made it easier to go recruit receivers. Mm-hmm. It made it easier. And it's really about, who is going to buy what you're selling? It's not about the truth or the, or the, or or the lie. It's about, are they, are they going to buy what you're selling? Because you can get an ad in the paper. You can get an ad sent to your phone. You can, you know, you can look at a commercial and a company could be promoting. Buy three, get one free. And you're like, yo, that's a, that's a great deal. I got to take advantage of that. But maybe what you don't know is that they didn't hike the prices up on those items. And really, it comes out to be the same price after you get all four. But the truth doesn't really matter. It's about, are you going to buy it? Are you going to buy it now? So if enough receivers buy the fact that, yes, we can get you to the league, that's all that matters. And that's what Tennessee's going to have to worry about. And I'm not thinking about the present here. Because the present, we should be all relaxed, kicking our feet up, everything is all good because you got two dudes who caught 70 balls and you got Bayless Jones who was mocked to be in the second and third round. You got Cedric Tillman that's going to be a draft pick if he stays healthy. He's going to have big numbers too if he does anything like he did like this past season. I'm not thinking present. I'm thinking long-term. Long-term. Because I'm... Sorry, you, you, you're you not going to be able just to take any type of wide receiver and recruit any type of wide receiver, and just because of the offense, you're going to go up against five-star DBs, five-star defensive ends and linebackers in the SEC, and you're going to win those battles consistently just because the offense is fast? I don't buy that. At the end of the day, it comes down to dudes versus dudes at the end of the day. It always has. It always will. At the end of the day, it comes down to dudes versus dudes. Jimmy's and Joe's. And you may score first. You may score fast. You may jump up on the opponent like we did against Alabama. Like we, you know, we scored the most points against Georgia before, you know, Georgia played Alabama in the SEC title game. Hang the banner. But at the end of the day, it's about dudes versus dudes. And this is why Guys like Chris Rump, who came to Tennessee and proved his first staff. That's why you pay him eight hundred thousand dollars based on what he did in recruiting at multiple stops at, at Florida and Alabama. So that's the question that Kelsey Pope is going to answer. And we said this yesterday: if you, if you are good at connecting with people, you'll you'll recruit well at Tennessee. You'll recruit well at Tennessee if you work hard and you are good connecting with people, you'll recruit good at Tennessee. Now it's, all right, what do you do when you get them? Can you develop them? And that's a, again, that's an answer that Kelsey Pope was going to, have to uh, give us. We don't know yet. I said this yesterday, too. I'm happy for him. I I, I kind of like new. New new blood in the, in the in the in the sport. I get tired of seeing recycled coaches in the NFL. We see recycled coaches in college. I'm I'm happy that there's a there's a, a guy getting an opportunity. But at the end of the day, like this this is this is the school I root for. This is my school. I want the I want the best. Like I want results. I want production. And I hope we I hope we get it. I really do. I I hope. We get it. I really do. So that's how I feel. It's not, it's, it's, it's honest. It's fair. It's, I ain't being disrespectful. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and bash the hire and, and all that stuff, but it was a questionable hire. Um, And I hope he tears it up. Sim- simple as that. You got to start somewhere. So he played the position. He's he's hungry. Um, you got to be consistent. Got to recruit. Got to bang those phones. Got to connect with the players. Got to be you gotta, you gotta, one thing to be liked. Because it's easy to be liked as the number two guy. As a quality control guy. Because you're the good cop. But now you you, you it's your room. So you got to be good cop and bad cop. You got to discipline your players now. You do not have to worry about disciplining your players as, as a number two guy. Cody Barnes did that. So there's going to be an adjustment period. Can he handle that? I don't know. i don't have those answers. But I hope he does a great job doing it. Because if he's great, then our receivers are great. And if the receivers are great, it helps our team win. And if our team is winning, we happy. I like being happy. At the end of the day, I said this yesterday, I like being happy. Hour two continues after this.
3: The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook.
0: In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business. No matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations no project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you.
3: touchdown or turnover is up next on the Swain Event.
1: Hey there, Swain Event fam. I've been thinking about other ways I can assist you with the real estate world. As you know, it's not just about buying, selling, and investing in new property today, it's also being a resource when you need a contractor or a roofer. Or maybe you need a real estate attorney to assist with probate questions. Or maybe you have a family member in Alabama that needs a realtor to help them sell their home and get the heck out of there and back to Tennessee. All of these things and more are in my wheelhouse. So give me a call, Jennifer Morris 865 257 7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols!
0: Top 100 barbecue restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Touchdown or Turnover is backed by Alcorten Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong.
1: Touchdown, turnover, back Alco attend 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates and better service. The biggest sports news yesterday came from the NFL. Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Denver is trading its 2022 first round pick, which is the ninth overall. Their 2023 first round pick. It's 2022 second round pick, which is a top 40 pick, which is 40th pick of the draft. Another second round pick in 2023. And a 2022 fifth to acquire Wilson. The Broncos will receive a 2022 Fourth round pick in return. Additionally, tight end Noah Fant is being sent to Seattle. Also, former second round pick Drew Locke sent to Seattle. Shelby Harris, defensive lineman, will receive, uh will go to the Seahawks as well. Touchdown turnover. There is a winner and loser in this trade. Touchdown turnover, there's a winner and a loser in this trade. Or, Ben, do you feel like there's no losers or winners? That both teams, both teams came out good. Or do you feel like there's a loser uh, and a winner in this trade between the Broncos and the Seahawks? Touchdown turnover.
2: Oh. I want to say turnover... That there's there's not a winner because I think both teams accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. The Broncos haven't been able to find a quarterback since Peyton left. They've now they've now got that in Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson throwing to those young receivers is going to be fun for sure, and. Look, I'm not as familiar with the Broncos roster as I am the Titans or uh, the, the Steelers or anybody like that. But I, I would imagine that they have other holes on their team that they need to cheer up and fill in order to make sure that they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But that that's what the Broncos have been searching for, a franchise quarterback. And they got that in Russell Wilson. And it was time for Russell and the Seahawks to part ways. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But I, I think it was time that those two sides went its separate way. Not necessarily because either side had animosity towards one another, like Tom Brady with the Pats or Aaron Rodgers and what it seemed like with the Packers. Um, not even what it seemed like. There, there was funky feelings there between A-Rod and the Pack. And there will continue to be because Aaron Rodgers – uh, it is that type of personality, but uh, it, it just kind of grown stale between the Seahawks and Russell, and so I, I think it's good for both sides, and it's clear that since the Seahawks also decided yesterday to cut Bobby Wagner that they are all in on a total rebuild, and you get two first-round picks back. Maybe you should have gotten a third-round pick back, but you, you did get two first-rounders. You got a second rounder, which is very valuable as well. Uh, I want to say they got a third round pick a, as well. Uh, Noah Fant, I mean, he's not Rob Gronkowski or somebody like that, but he's a, a really solid, good tight end in the National Football League. And I don't think Drew Locke is going to turn out to be the, the next Russell Wilson there in Seattle, the next franchise quarterback. But, hey, take a chance on him. You never know what may happen. So, it seems like the Seahawks are bound for a total rebuild and this is how you construct a total rebuild. So it seems like both sides got what they wanted. And now if I'm Seattle, if if they are completely committed to a rebuild, which it totally looks like they are, I think you've got to move on from DK Metcalf as well. If you're if you're all in on the rebuild, go ahead and stockpile that draft capital. Go ahead, take calls on DK. Cause you you could probably Get two first rounders for DK. You can definitely get a first round for DK. I would imagine uh, it, it, NFL draft picks and their value kind of uh, makes me curious at times. It, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it at times uh, because it's different than than basketball or Major League Baseball doesn't trade picks, but kind of the player value there is is different than it is in football. So uh, I, I would think that you could get a first rounder or two for DK Metcalf. But I I would take calls on him because I think he would be just as valuable to trade almost as Russell Wilson, just because of his talent and age. And I think a team would, would really pay for DK. So uh, I say turnover. I I don't think that there was a winner because I think both sides accomplished what they wanted to accomplish.
3: Who
1: man. I don't even know why I asked that question. It's so hard to to even answer
2: uh, I know, because you can also make the case that Seattle didn't get enough. There's layers. Well, I saw some complaining, Drew Locke, really? That that's the player that that you get back, and you don't get a a third first-round pick for Russell Wilson? I I saw some of those sentiments out
1: there. if, 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 If the Seahawks can somehow have the worst record in the league and get Bryce Young, and then Bryce Young is your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, or you find your franchise quarterback with one of these picks, then I think you could say, oh, yeah, man, the Seahawks won here. But Russell, Russell Wilson is or was your franchise quarterback. He has been in the MVP conversation multiple years. He's someone who led you to the Super Bowl, and you lost him. And you lost him for guys that you don't know who's going to be on your team yet. Because you got the draft picks, Drew Locke, Not it, not it yet. Uh, Maybe he needs to change the scenery. Who knows? Like Brett Favre left Atlanta Falcons to go to the Green Bay Packers, and look what he turned out to be. So
2: yeah, he has the arm talent. He
1: has the arm talent, and he uh, he knows "Put On" from Young Jeezy word by word,
2: which is one of my favorite all-time songs. Yeah. So and this would be good for Josh Heupel if he could turn out to be something, right? Wouldn't that help? I'm sure you can
1: you can sell it. <laughs> it's all about who's gonna buy it, though, right? That's right. But
2: I've heard quarterback recruits mention how Josh Heupel worked with uh, Drew Lock. So
1: several NFL quarterbacks, Sam Bradford, number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. So hey, man,
2: people if people buy it, then you need to sell it. It is something that they are selling because I hear recruits talk about it all the time. On the surface, I was like,
1: man, how did how how does how does Seattle? look at themselves and feel like they won this trade. I, But you got a lot of picks. You got a lot of picks. And it may be time for a rebuild. I, if Here's the problem, Ben. You lost Russell Wilson, and you still don't have any guys on the offensive line. So like, even if Drew Locke is your quarterback, he has not proven to be a, a starter right now. If he is your starter, how are you going to protect him? Because he's not mobile like a Russell Wilson. Man, I'm going to say touchdown. I think there is a winner and a loser uh, with this trade. We saw a blockbuster trade in the NBA with James Harden and, and Ben Simmons. Seth Curry was part of that with the 76ers and the Nets. There was a winner and loser there. I think there's a winner and a loser in this trade, too. I'm going to say touchdown. There's a winner and a loser for, for Sure, I don't know how the Seahawks will look at their season and expect to be better than they were this past season. Like, they're going to stink. Oh, yeah. They're, they're they going to stink.
2: Especially in that division with the Cardinals and the Rams and the 49ers. Yeah. The the Seahawks are going to have a tough year. But how about that AFC West? NFC West is, is locked and loaded minus Seattle. And poor Daryl Tar- Taylor, that he's going to have to go through that out there in in Seattle, but at least he's getting paid. Uh, And I know it rains in Seattle all the time, but it seems like Seattle's a pretty cool city. I've never really heard any bad words about Seattle. So at least he gets to live in a pretty neat place while getting paid to play football. But that AFC West, man. brutal, Brutal. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and uh, who am I forgetting? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Yep. What do you think about uh, Aaron Rodgers getting paid? Do you think uh, that'll prove to be a smart decision for the Packers? It's a whole lot of money. Well, I mean. For a guy who does not know how to keep his mouth shut.
1: Well, Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he has not signed any contracts. So the numbers out there, he says, is not, not accurate. Right. Which, in Aaron Rodgers' case, it may be like $1 off. Right. You know how you know he, he likes to get down.
2: I guarantee you when the numbers officially come out, they will be somewhat close. Yeah. I guarantee. It'd be like
1: $1 over or $1 under.
2: He'd be like, "Hey, told
1: you it wasn't accurate, but" Ian
2: Rappaport said 200 mil. I bet it'd be like 201.
1: <laughs> I'm not
2: surprised. I mean,
1: Denver was a, a a attractive place for him because he had young wide receivers and a defense uh and a running game, but at the end of the day, man, he plays in the in the weakest one of the weakest divisions in, in the NFL because of my bears and sorry lines and the Vikings who are, you know, uh, welcoming a new, new head coach. It's an easy path. It's a division championship automatically. Um, that team is a NFC championship caliber team. They just need a few pieces to get over the hump and, and, Aaron Rodgers, if his contract is, is is cap friendly, I know the Packers are over the cap right now, but like if they're able to bring some guys in to help, it's the right it's the right move, man. It's the right move. It's the right move for the Packers. Yes,
2: I'll be curious for to sure. see if they can finally get some pieces around him to actually win a Super Bowl. Poor poor Jordan Love. Oh, he ain't playing.
1: Pitfall says, uh, Ben, this trade was bad for the Steelers. The Seahawks now have two picks before the Steelers, and they need a quarterback now. Pickett is going to be gone now.
2: Well, I mean. Possible.
1: Who says Pickett is like the 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 surefire number one quarterback? Because after this NFL combine, Malik Willis has really helped his stock because of his big arm. Kenny Pickett has eight and a half inch hands. And Joe people, Burrow has small hands. People are freaking out. Joe Burrow has nine inch hands. Pickett has eight and a half. So Joe Burrow turned out okay. Um, Tom Brady turned out okay. Who had
2: you know nine inch hands? But the people are freaking out. Well, the what I saw yesterday was that Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are the 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 top two amongst the consensus of of NFL folks after the combine. like As of yesterday, they they were the two quarterbacks expected to be drafted the highest. I I do think that Malik Willis kind of asserted himself maybe as QB1, not that there's a significant gap. I I don't think there is a significant gap in this year's draft class when it comes to quarterbacks. But what I saw yesterday was that Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are being viewed as the top two quarterbacks coming out of the the combine and late single-digit picks possibly for uh, those two or in, in the early teens. So, I don't know what Seattle will do. If they're committed to a rebuild and want to tank for, for Bryce Young or somebody like that, then they won't take a quarterback. Who, who's their backup? It's like one of those Teddy Bridgewater guys. Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith. Well,
1: who will who, who be afraid at this season?
2: Yeah, but who I mean, is? I, I guess if you're rebuilding, it doesn't really matter. You can re-sign Geno and let him be the starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, Drew Luck nine inch hands, Kyler Murray nine and a half inch hands, Dwayne Haskins nine inch and uh, five eighths, Daniel Jones nine inch three quarters. That was two thousand nineteen quarterback draft. Um, Some of the most notable quarterbacks around the league with small hand issues coming out of the combine. Patrick Mahomes nine inch, uh, nine and a quarter, Derek Carr nine. Point one two five, and then Jimmy G nine and a quarter, and then uh, Tom Brady nine point three seven five, Joe Burrow nine. So all these dudes were considered small hand quarterbacks, and Kenny Pickett his hand is smaller than those guys at eight and a half. So if you can ball, you can ball. But the problem is, and um, the NFL ball is smaller, which big hand quarterbacks can grip it and rip it, but it's also slicker. Mm-hmm. it's it's extremely slick
2: especially when you play in a city where it's known mm-hmm. for bad weather like
1: pittsburgh mm-hmm. so when it's cold now you have a problem think about think about tom brady in his hands and we see him wear gloves yep like we see him wear gloves teddy bridgewater remember, coming out they were on him about his small hands and he wears the gloves so it's a legitimate concern but it only takes one team to say you know what the film is overwhelmingly great. We want you here with us. It doesn't concern us. It may concern another team. So,
2: I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. Yeah, I mean, I continue to feel like they're just going to ride with Mason Rudolph. And God bless me if that happens because I am not thrilled about that, as anybody who has listened to the show over the last several months knows. But I, I just don't know what they do. It's It's, it's not – in their makeup to go out and trade for a Russell Wilson like the Broncos did. Um, and, I mean, I, I would be okay if they they drafted Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. I mean, I just don't think there's a, without a doubt, superstar quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert or, or somebody like that. Joe Burrow in this draft, Justin Fields. I, I don't think that there's that just guarantee that they're just not going to be bad type of quarterback in in this draft, and even those guys, I mean, the Steelers aren't drafted high enough to get any of those guys, anyways. So uh, I, I won't. I'll be excited if if they go out and get Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, but I'll be cautiously excited. So I, I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. I it's looking like Mason Rudolph, and and I'm not through it about it. How about the Titans making moves? I, I thought yeah. they made a smart move. It, it looked like a stupid move at the beginning of the day. Had Titans fans rightfully freaking out when it looked like the Titans had decided, well, they did decide not to franchise tag Harold Landry in hopes of working out a a bigger contract. And the only concern there is that other teams would also be able to offer Harold Landry uh, a a contract. Or what Vince Young call him? Arnold. Arnold Landry. Yeah. um, He got paid. Armor. He he got a payday. No. Harold Landry did. Armor. Armor. Armor Landry. I don't even know what Vince Young said. He got Landry out. I don't know what he said for the first name back in the. 17. 17 draft when he announced the Titans pick. If, if you have not seen that video or don't recall this video, just YouTube Vince Young announcing Harold Landry as the Titans draft pick. It is hilarious, absolutely hilarious, but a big payday for Harold Landry and a good decision by the Titans to give him that money. I think he's worth that amount of money, especially with the uh, position that he plays. In the 2018 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Honor, Honor Landry from Boston College.
3: With the 41st pick
2: in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Honor Honor Landry. Honor Honor Landry. How do you get Honor out of Harold?
1: I understand not being able to say um, Nico Ial Maliava. I understand not being able to say his last name, or you know, it it took some time for us to be able to say. DJ Uyangale uh, to Tangavalova, like I, I, I get that. My man's name is Harold. Harold.
2: <laughs> His name is Harold, man.
1: Like Harold. everybody, everybody know a
2: Harold now. I don't know a Harold. Everybody know a Harold. I know famous Harolds. Harold Varner the third. That means he's the swaggiest golfer. That's what I'm saying. Like you <laughs> don't untour. personally
1: know a Harold, but like, it's a common name. You see it everywhere. Like, it's like the last name Smith the Jones or Johnson. First name, Brad, Ben, Jim, Bob, Frank, Steve. Like, those are, I mean, come on. That's easy. Harold is in that category. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe he got nervous. I don't know. Maybe it was a typo. Maybe somebody messed it up. I don't know. But he he paused like he had no idea what looked, to say. He looked at it like you, like I said, Ooh, Youngley on the, on the sheet. It looked like it
2: said E. Al Malayava. What
1: is this? I'm gonna
2: leave. You. What uh
1: what is this?
2: It probably.
1: Hey, hey, hey Harold. <laughs>
2: hey. Hey, Roger. How you say this? Roger, help me.
1: Vince, it's Harold. That's it.
2: <laughs> I feel uh, bad for Vince Young in that moment, though. I, I yeah, I've, I really I, did. I feel bad listening back, because that's something that you never live down. Just mm. like uh, the Floyd Mayweather trying to read. <coughs> <laughs> then 50, have a moment like that, too? 50 Cent?
1: No, 50 joke used to always right. joke on... That's right, on they, Floyd. You know, they used to be boys, and then they started beefing, and then 50 made fun of him
2: about not being able to read. <laughs> that's that's <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and He did not include LOL at the end of that sentence. No, he did not. He did not include... LOL there. But I, I like the deal for the Titans. But look, you got to be able to rush the passer in the National Football League, especially when you could potentially run into all those quarterbacks in the playoffs that we mentioned. Yep. Uh, so I, I like the move for the Titans and, and keeping that front four, front seven, th- those key guys up front together, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Bud Dupree, if he can stop fighting people at Walgreens. Um, <laughs> or allowing his posse. Am I allowed to say posse? I know LeBron got mad at that a couple years ago. You
1: got mad at uh, Phil Jackson.
2: Yeah. You can say posse. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, it is his posse, his group of people. Man, I don't know what you can fight at Walgreens about. I, I, I don't know either. But who knows? Who knows is is right. Who knows is right. <laughs> oh, it's good I bet, job, Titans. Uh, I bet Vince Young was... Hung over on the Cheesecake Factory. Had too much cheesecake to eat. Nah, he was he was buying everybody
1: drinks at the at the at, at Cheesecake. Everybody in the whole restaurant, the bar. Everybody gets a drink. He said
2: honor. Honor, Landry. <laughs> Bro, it's just Harold, man. You're not trying to name a Kardashian's kid. It's just Harold. That's it. You're not trying to name Kanye's kid. Honor. Man. Also you see uh Kanye and Antonio Brown are scheming to buy the Broncos together. A.K.A. Kanye? Yes. A.B. is riding the coattails of Kanye. Can you imagine Antonio Brown being part owner of a NFL team? It will never be allowed. Ever.
1: I mean, I do want to see a minority owner in the NFL, but I don't know about Kanye. Not Antonio Brown. (laughs) Hour three coming up.